Rejoice. And again, I say rejoice because your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Today, we're going to finish out part three of Philippians 4, verses 1 through 5, concentrating on 2 through 5 again. I pray this blesses you. Hi, family. Welcome to God's Word Transforming Lives. Are you wanting to learn the Bible verse by verse, one letter at a time, with real-life application? then this podcast is for you. My name is Amy, and I have been teaching the Word of God to women for over 15 years now. I came out of some trauma from my childhood, and it left me feeling so empty. And after searching high and low with everything the world had to offer, I always came up short until I learned the Word of God for myself. And it was in that that I became transformed. So if you would like to be transformed by God's word, then stick around and let's do this together. Did you know I have a free sisterhood community of women just like you? Women who love Jesus and they love one another. They too are looking for that deeper walk with Christ and they love learning his word. If you pause right now and click the link below in the show notes, it'll take you right to the Facebook group. We look forward to getting to know you. All right. So verse four. So what he's saying here is, okay, I urge you therefore the community, help these women who labored with me in the gospel with Clement also, the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. And so he's writing them in verse two, we need to get them back on the same mind, the same mind with Christ, which is unity, oneness. We need to remind them, and you all need to be reminded, that we're all written in the book, Lamb's Book of Life. What can be greater than that? What has distracted you from the fact that you're written in the Lamb's Book of Life for all of eternity, that you're going to spend all of eternity with your God, your Savior, in heaven forever? Like, what is so important you need to cause disunity to the body and take your eyes off of heaven and off of Christ and off of the fact that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. He's saying we need to rejoice. Verse four, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice, brothers and sisters. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. My name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Christ saved us from ourselves. He drank the cup of wrath that was due for you and for me. All my sin has been washed away. All the stuff that I did in my past, even the things I did yesterday, the things I've done today, he has taken at the cross for me. He paid my debt in full. And because of that, I am free and I have peace with God, my creator. And then he put me in this beautiful family of brothers and sisters who also love him. And then they love me and I love them. And we are, you know, we get to come together and and worship him as one body. And we get to use these glorious gifts that he gave us to glorify him and to help encourage one another. And then we get to go and share this good news, this amazing good news with a lost and dying world where there is no hope. For them other than Christ Jesus. And I have the hope that lies within me. And I have this inheritance that's awaiting me in heaven that no rust can destroy, no robber or thief can take it. 
It won't lose value. It is full. It is a full inheritance for me and for you awaiting us. That's what first Peter talks about, about our inheritance that awaits us. And so we can rejoice. What is it we're arguing about? Oh, I don't like that music. I don't like that one, that hymn. Oh, I, I want a band. Oh, I don't want a band. Oh, I want carpet. I don't want carpet. This building's not pretty enough. This building's too pretty. I don't know. Pick your thing. You know, are you a family? I mean, I, my family, my earthly family, like I'm still family with them. I go over to their house and they decorate different than me and they live in a different house than I do. And they take different types of vacations than I do, but we're still family. I'm not going to stop eating Thanksgiving dinner with them because they don't make the turkey the way that I would make the turkey. But isn't that why we disconnect from the body of Christ so easily? Well, he's just not an eloquent enough speaker for me. I need, I need, I need, I need a refined speaker. Well, he's just not a good enough life coach. I need to be jumping up and down. I want to be yell. I want the yelling, you know, I need the goosey bumpies every Sunday. If I'm not getting the goosebumps, then that must mean Holy Spirit's not here. That is the lie from the devil that has told us that entertainment that or experience is how we are to know that God is there. No, you know where God is? God is among his people that are unified in his word. God are among his people that he has saved and put together for his purposes. It is not an experience, though we can sometimes have experiences. It is not an experience. It is worshiping him for who he is and appreciating that he is pulled us out of darkness and put us into the glorious light and connected us into the vine that we are now sons and daughters adopted into this glorious kingdom as one body working together for his plans and his purposes. It is not about the music. It is not about the speaker. It is not about the, the seating if it's comfortable enough. It is not about if they have food or don't have food. It's about getting to see my brothers and sisters and worship with them because I'm going to be worshiping with them for the all of eternity. And what an honor and a privilege to get to be with them on Sundays and start worshiping our God together now. And it's about being so connected to one another that we're there for one another. We rejoice with each other when good things happen. We mourn with one another when, when things that aren't so good happen. And we're in each other's homes and we're breaking bread together and we're, we're drinking around a table together. That was very intimate in the ancient days to share a meal with somebody. And that's why we can rejoice. Yuria, Sintik, get your mind off yourselves. Get your mind back on Christ. Get your mind back on the fact that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. This disunity is from the enemy and he wants to tear down what God is building up. And we're letting him do it. We let him do it. He uses us. Which, and these were mature women in the Lord. They, they labored with Paul. They worked with Paul. They knew the gospel. And yet the Satan was still able to use these two mature women to start tearing down a church because of personal preference. Because they took their eyes off Christ and put it on themselves. And as soon as we become selfish, ego gets involved, pride gets involved, and Satan is right there taking full advantage of it. Because we are not walking by the spirit at that point. We are commanded to walk in unity all throughout the scriptures. We are told to walk in love and walk in unity because this is how we're going to be known to a lost world. You can have all the apologetics 
under your belt. You can have all the doctrine and all the theology. You can preach the gospel so eloquently to the streets. But if they don't see love and they don't see a unified body, what good? what's it for? Jesus said that's what's going to draw them. They're going to see our love and our unity. And then we preach the gospel, but when we preach it, we're also living it out. If we're just out there preaching the gospel and then they come to our church and they just see all this disunity and they see all this dysfunction and backbiting and ridiculousness, I we just gave them the same thing that the world has. Only now we do it with a smile on our face and we do it in the name of Jesus. How hypocritical is that? And then you wonder why people are leaving the church in droves. Why, why, what is it? Almost 80% of teenagers, only 80% of kids are raised in the church. They leave by the time they're 18. What did they see for those 18 years? Fighting, backbiting, gossip, hypocrisy, mom and dad living one way in the house when they're living a different way when they go to church, right? They didn't see victory. They didn't see overcoming. They seen parents who profess Christ who are in all kinds of bondage. They're not living in freedom and victory. The house isn't in freedom or victory. And then you wonder why they don't want your God. What did you display? What did you show them? You showed them what? It's easy to leave, right? Just, we just left that church. Nope, we're not, we don't unify with them anymore. We go here now because they didn't have the right Sunday school classes for us. They didn't have a good youth program. They didn't have a good singles program. They didn't have a good eloquent speaker behind the pulpit. Blah, whatever, whatever, whatever. How about we put our minds lock on the fact that our our names are written in the, the book of life, that God in his sovereignty chose his sons and daughters and then put them together in a local community to stay, to be together and to stay together, to bring him glory, to love one another. It is hard, you guys. Walking, doing life with people is hard. Personalities are different. We're all going through the sanctification walk. We all have moments where we mess up or things we're still learning and growing, but that's where we come together. Love covers them all two sins. That's Peter. He's not talking about like, well, love just covers the fact that you're, you know, you want to have sex outside of marriage. Love covers the fact that you're out getting drunk. Love covers the fact that you're being mean. No, love doesn't cover all that. Though we call you to repentance because that's love. And then if you do repent, love covers it, right? Okay, you repented. Praise God. Love covers those personality differences and the preferences and the things that maybe, maybe my need, this one need over here isn't getting met. Okay, well, can I maybe become the person in charge of those needs? Like, um, you know, I really don't think, I really wish that our youth program was a lot stronger. I wish we had, uh, you know, I wish we, our youth got together more. Okay. Well, do you want to head that up? I wish we went out and did more outreaches. Okay. You want to head that up? I really wish we had more Bible studies. Okay. You want to head that up? Cause it's really easy to nitpick people that are out there doing it and they need help. And it's easy to sit back and go, well, they don't do that. And they're not doing this. And they're not doing that. But then you're not stepping up and going, I'm going to help them by taking, by taking over that department. And that's a problem across the board. So instead of disconnecting from a body that God has placed you in, if they're preaching the word of God, they're worshiping Jesus. It's all about him. It's a true Bible teaching, Bible believing church. Get involved in your, and guess what? That's when your fruit's going to be pressed the hardest. 
is when you get involved because it's really, really easy to show up to church on Sunday, sit down in a pew, let everybody feed you, give them some money and then walk out. That, that, that is so easy. You guys, that's why most do it. That's like, like, that's why like 80% of professing Christians just show up to church on Sunday. If they even show up to church, show up to church on Sunday, put in their, their money, they pay for entertainment, right? You're giving your 10%, you're paying to be entertained. You're paying to get a good message and you're paying to hear some good music. It's like going to a concert, right? Or going to a social club. And then you might have some programs within that. Your your children get babysat for an hour and a half. Your youth are going to get entertained for an hour, you know? But what are you doing? What are you doing with the gifts that you have? We're all one body. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We are supposed to be working together as one body. It's not supposed to be one man or a handful of people leading and doing all the work. That is ne- That was never God's design. One body, one community, one family sticking together, working out our differences, fighting for unity, fighting for love, for the name of Jesus Christ, so that his name will not be put to shame. And that's why we can rejoice. And that's what he's telling Eurodia and Cynthia to get their mind back on. Get your mind back on Christ. Get your mind back on what matters, your salvation. There's a lot at risk here. Rejoice, you guys. It says, let your gentleness, verse five, let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. See, when we're bickering and we're arguing and we're tearing each other down, that's not gentle. That's not gracious. It's not kind. Those are the works of flesh. And he's saying, our gentleness should be known to all men. They should see that love, that humility. And within that, they see meekness and they see kindness and generosity. What are we generous of? Forgiveness, grace, mercy. I am so sorry that I got in my feels and it caused division. Repent. Because if you did that and you were any part of that, you you need to repent and restore. Because God is not pleased at all. The bo- his body was tore apart. What he was doing was tore apart. Now, will he work through that? And there's their grace and mercy. Yes. Have we all been a part of that? Yes. We just, we need to repent, learn from it and go, okay, what can I do to make it better? What can I do to make changes in this area? And so, cause we want, we want to be known by our gentleness, known by our humility, known by our meekness. Why? Because the Lord's at hand, guys. He's at hand. Now, a couple of different things. They think maybe Paul could have meant, you know, that the Lord's coming soon. He's coming. He's going to come. And you better be found as a blessed servant, right? Talks about that in Luke, that parable where it's like, what will you be found doing when Jesus returns? Like, will you be found causing division? Will you be found outside of the body of Christ or that you left a body that you were supposed to be a part of because you didn't want to submit? You didn't want to do, you didn't like what A, B, and C? They were teaching the word. They were they were your brothers and sisters. They weren't doing anything out of order, but you just didn't like something. So you just left. Okay, well, I hope God doesn't find you in that state. It's not a good state to be found in. Or you can be found doing his work, being about your father's business, fighting for love, fighting for unity, fighting for gentleness and meekness and, and building his kingdom together. Is that what you're being found doing? Could be that. It also could be the Lord is at hand as far as like when we are together corporately, the Lord is with us. He's not only inside of us, but his very presence is among us. He's among his body. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He is right there with us when we are together. 
as we are worshiping him, as we are taking communion, as we are reading out his word and his word is speaking to us. That's why it's so important that we just let the word be what's preached. You know, Lyme, I love now expository preaching can mean one of two things, either line by line through one book at a time. That is true. There's also bringing in a lot of scriptures to one for one topic that can be expository too. It's not three or four verses and then 45 minutes about this guy and all the great things he's done. That's not expository teaching at all. What what we want is the word of God. You want to be so heavy on the word coming up because God spoke. This is alive and active. God already spoke. He put everything here. We needed to hear. And so you want this open on Sunday mornings and you want it just being poured out. What is God saying? What has he already said? What's he bringing forth from the word? Because that's what's alive and active. This is what will never return void. My words, I, my book, my things will return void. Okay, they're not, that's not scripture, right? Might be truth, might have some good things. I might have some great things to tell you. I might have some funny stories, but that is not what's going to enrich and transform your life. The word of God is. And so, let us remember that the Lord is at hand. And so when the enemy comes in and is trying to get you to disunify with your brothers and sisters, trying to get you upset with your brothers and sisters, trying to get you upset with your pastor or leaders, I'm not saying you might not have legitimate reasons to be concerned about things. Just sit down and talk to them. Go one-on-one, love them enough, respect them enough to say, hey, because it, it, nine times out of 10, it's the enemy putting stuff in your head that's not even truth. It's not even the story at all. And if we just sat down and talked with one another, we could work out 99.9% of the problems that cause you to leave a biblical church. And so, you know, remember guys that the Lord is at hand. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. If you are walking in disunity right now, if you have anything against your brother or sister, please lay your gifts at the altar and go and reconcile with them. Again, I'm not talking about false teachers. Paul is not talking about false teachers or false teachings or people who follow false teachings and false teachers. If you've warned people and they want to continue to walk in those false teachings and false teachers, there's nothing I can do about that. I Now I'm just going to pray for you. I've tried to, I've tried to correct you. I've tried to bring you out from among that so that you don't fall, walk fall into that destruction. But if you haven't got eyes to see and ears to hear, there's nothing I can do because if the word of God is not your final authority, then there's nothing more I can do. I am not Holy Spirit Junior. You are not Holy Spirit Junior. But if these are genuinely your brothers and sisters, and there's just these personality differences, and there's just these things, go and and fight for unity with them. You know, maybe, maybe you can't stand how they laugh. Maybe you, you know, they're just, they're so loud, or maybe she's just too quiet, or maybe, you know, you just don't like, how she parents. I don't know. It's under the blood though. Find your, your common ground is Jesus Christ. Fight for that. Fight for unity. Cause there's a lost and dying world out there that needs to see a true church needs to see true Christians. They've seen enough of the hypocrisy, the judge, the judgmental, you know, ones that say they love you, but then they, they they're so full of hate. They've seen all of that. Let them see genuine Christianity. The one that loves without compromise, but loves. First loves each other. Because I can't love a lost and dying world if I don't love you first. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you for sticking through the teaching. I pray it blesses you and I'll see you next time.
Family, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If it has blessed you in any way, would you give me 30 seconds and share it with a friend of yours? One more small little favor, if you would. Head over to whatever podcast source you're listening to this on and give me a five-star review. That would be so great. It helps get the episodes out there to other people who may be wanting to learn God's Word. Again, don't forget, guys. Until next time, it is a crockpot faith, not a microwave. With God's Word, discipleship, and patience, you too will be transformed for His good work. Grace and peace I leave with you until next time.